you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Struggles through the pressures of fatherhood, but still looks great, baby. <laughs> From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hansis. I got heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. And it is Wednesday. That can only mean one thing. 1051 Club in the house, Colleen. Whoa! Hey, what's up, what's up? Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> I left my house today and immediately texted Dan with the GPS ETA, which was just about 1051. Yep. As was he. So we're really aligned. Right on the money. It's, uh, your precision is um, incredible to Greg and I. And it's not. too. It's just. It is. That's it. Consistency. Yeah. And accountability. 1051 Club forever. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Midweek show. Hump day. I thought it was Thursday when I woke up, so I don't. Same thing. Sure. Yeah. That Dan spilled water all over the place. Colleen's oh, days just feel lighter. They feel better, you know? See, I have the opposite feeling. Yeah. yeah. With me? Yeah, just is a it sense the, of dread. Yeah. Is it the homicide division <laughs> <laughs> sweatshirt that I'm wearing? The Philly homicide division <laughs> hoodie is, I guess, yeah, with a great hanging catch over line. Things. They came up with a great catch yeah. line there. What is our, it? Our day begins when yours ends. It's, I got a buddy oh down. Oh, my goodness. It's <laughs> morose. It's accurate. I mean, often. I'm in the Christmas spirit. Does that mean they work at night, or does it, or does it no. mean what I think it means? It's there's a grim reaper literally as part. They're never of the off logo, the clock. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like when your day meaning uh, your life, your life journey way. ends. Yeah, <laughs> what was our day? That's, that's when they start. Uh, you can die, by the way. Maybe yeah. that would be a good slogan too. Then Mark, maybe you get some residuals off. Well, let's say you, you're allowed to, and then we'll probably handle it if it seemed yeah. nefarious. Detective we'll, Murray will be yeah. on the case. We care about you, and we care about who you were. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Coming up today. NFL odd couples. How about that? What are some uh, pairings in our league that, on the surface anyway, don't make sense hmm. or not what you expect? Mm-hmm. Good one. Good set coming up. I think Greg came up with that. He did. Good job. So the pressure is on Greg to make it sing. I choose not to accept that pressure. Uh, we also have a bunch of previews to hit uh, because we have a Thursday night affair uh, Chargers and Raiders. And uh, I see in a rundown you sent out, Greg, you had LAX hyphen LV. Is that because the Chargers are already ready to fly home? Uh, hey. <laughs> Hey-o! <laughs> Got it. Greg enjoys um, when he does the rundowns, and we think, I'm glad you do, because it's like you wake up and they're there. Sure, but, like, there it is. There's always like an insane spelling mistake in one of the <laughs> yes. things that he's done. Where is this rundown that you guys are talking about? Am uh, I right? Pot Nowness, I You're think you that. have access to You're it on, on Slack. You, you can always do it. I know you don't check, so I texted you. Oh, the you potential know. news. I got that. Okay. Um, and uh, first, though, let's start by getting caught up on where we're at. 
Flacco on fourth down and three. Play clock is at five. I don't know if they're going to snap it. Play clock is at two. They do. He rolls right. He throws the middle. It's wide open. Down at the 25, at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. It's David Bell. <laughs> what a call. It was the parting of the Red Sea, Jim. David Bell, who has been searching, yearning, desiring to get into the end zone in the National Football League, will desire no more, my friend. His first career touchdown and couldn't have come at a bigger time. What a gutsy call and what execution. Flacco to Bell, and the Browns are up two scores. Oh, what a call by Jim Donovan, Nathan Zagura, WKRK. Cleveland Browns radio onside kicks are cool though too. I mean, Dan, <laughs> you have to be the most annoying person I've ever met because you've been sitting on this for 48 hours. Multiple people have reached out and said, we we like the anti-direction you took to go with an onside kick. And Nobody, no one reached out to you. Absolutely. Zero people. Re- show me who reached I out to you. I will spend time and get it to you. But like, this is so important to you that I'm just, you just <laughs> keep going. Manufacture. Just keep going. Joke. It's so important it's to you. It's so great to hear that call because David Bell, what a moment. They, what a, they what a do moment it. in the game. And Donovan and Zagura bring the energy. Um, it's great to see Donovan back in the mix. He's, an, he's a legend in Cleveland. So I, no one on earth is saying that it's not a good uh, play call. Not No one is right. saying they didn't do a good job. You know, also, watching that video of the call they're in wild, they're in wild. so fun. Yeah. Like, I don't great. know if I've ever really watched a radio call or a broadcast call like that in the booth. It's awesome. You were yeah. actually asking you, you for the for Njoku it. call, though. So that was but the David Bell call. So many options. That was, yeah. that was the last touch on And I'm not saying this to be annoying, although my competitive spirit, you know, Got a little offended when you said Dan's the most annoying person in the room. Uh, <laughs> but now I like Dan. Is it so is it eligible? Is that play eligible? Because it wasn't on the show. And yet when I heard that call immediately, I thought that should probably be on our top 10 calls of the year uh, long list. I, th- I think it's eligible. It's now been played on the, I've on done, the show. I've done my best to exhume these different calls from a great Browns It's win. on the call. What if, what if we... Put it on the list, Eric. I'm, what, I'm yeah. making the call. Put, put the, the on-site kick on the list. Let people, you know, vote no, we're gonna, decide. We're going to keep that one out. That's dustbin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I figured. All right. We can move forward with that now. We're good now. Now okay. we're good. Okay. We're good. Uh, <laughs> not good. Not good at all. The people that didn't listen to the recap show have no idea what's going on. Screw them. Right oh, what are they doing? You're not wanted here anyway, then. Uh, actually, pause it, go back, listen to the recap show, mm-hmm. then rejoice. How rich would this opening segment be if laugh. we went back oh, and, and, and listened to that part of the show, if not the whole show? This is Get a lot of tasks. On the Sunday flagship show, come straight to our show, and away we go. We're back in. I like a pod with directions. Demands. <laughs> yeah. Justin Herbert is done. Bad de- bad news. Bad season. Bad season for Herbert. The, the Chargers. Mm. The idea of uh, Los Angeles football, you know, uh, getting some juice. Nah, bad, 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 bad. Uh, he is going to undergo surgery on his broken finger. And um, they are playing on Thursday night, obviously. Uh, so we're going to get Easton Stick. <sighs> yep. We are. <laughs> Including Colleen, who's the anchor yep. of NFL Network's coverage when the uh, Chargers face <sighs> the Raiders. Um, so there's that. And then there's the general question around the future of this uh, team. Herbert and Brandon Staley probably play their last game together as coach and quarterback. And when we see what the future is, I assume it, it's Herbert leading the way, Mark. 
but uh, this, I feel like this organization has a lot of unanswered questions as they head into the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, you know, by Friday afternoon, if the coaching staff hasn't been largely whittled down. I, it just seems like a really real possible possibility at this point. I, with Herbert, it's like there's no question he's the future. It's, and there's no question that this is a good roster in, in a lot of ways. They're, they're mystifying because of how underachieving they've been. But I, I don't like the situation for Herbert in general where we're looking at like his like fourth quarter. It's going to have like this fourth new offense to learn. And like oh. this was pitched as like Herbert and Kellen Moore, who are friends that did like, I think, car commercials up in like the Northwest. It's a real bonding experience. Yeah, like they just like, they're like pals. It's like, and all off season was like, we're really going to tailor this around Herbert's strengths. And it's like, none of that looked like to happen at all. It's the worst, Herbert's worst well, season. Well, some of it though is like, so we say like, you know, it's a shame that Herbert can't get that continuity. But if him and Kellen Moore take off and have a big year together this year, uh, then probably none of this is happening. Well, the injury you can't control. But yeah. I this is where I get a little bit frustrated with the Herbert experience and where he's seen is you can't just tell me because Mike Williams got hurt this year that the Chargers offense is where it is. Like, yeah. this is a this is a team wide issue, and the quarterback has to be a little better too. So I just think that's what I mean. I, I still believe in Herbert, but just kind of a lost year for Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It always is a lost year for Los Angeles. This is this is the constant theme with this team. Ever since I started working at NFL Network, it's like I every offseason love the Chargers and I'm all in on all of the moves that they've made and all of the the way that they set up their team, but especially with Justin Herbert. And it's just such a shame because it just feels like they're such they're just wasting his career at this point. He's young, he's in his prime. He should be among the the top quarterbacks in the league with like the the Joe Burrows and the Mahomes and the and everyone and even like the Trevor Lawrence's and Josh Allen's but like he's just not because this team can never put it together. Wait, the Chargers wasting the prime years of a outstanding quarterback's career? It's- what? What? <laughs> exactly. What? 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 I really loved Mike Sando's article in the Athletic this week that was putting saying that it shouldn't just be coaching records, there should be owners records. Mm-hmm. And they put up the owners records and uh, talking you know that right mm-hmm. that's that's where you see the through line. You know, they didn't know what to, they wasted Drew Brees by the way, you know, a, a Chargers quarterback. Uh they wasted Rivers who still had a great career and everything and it I don't think they're wasting Herbert and I don't think this year was a disaster for him. But his best year was 2021. I think even Herbert, you know, big fans like myself would say his best year was Staley's first year. His second, only his second year in the league. And so to then have your next two years be worse than that, individually and as a team, is quite disappointing. The only thing I'd push back slightly on is like, is this roster that talented? I am very curious how this uh, goes in the offseason, kind of the core players that they have they all seem very up in the air to me Khalil Mack Joey Bosa I think Bosa might be gone Erwin James hasn't had a a great year certainly the line didn't play as well and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both good players but where are their future so there could be a lot of change it just reminds me a little bit of like when the Cowboys made a switch at defensive coordinator and Dan Quinn came in and all the same players got a lot better I I think there is talent in on the roster I mean for me they have spent only two teams have spent more to form their defense cap wise. They're number three behind Buffalo and Pittsburgh, and they're one of That's the worst rough. defenses in the league. That's rough. In other news, uh, big news the NFL is always looking to expand its reach internationally, and we will be heading. Well, I don't know about we, but that'd be cool. We better. Be. Uh, we being the NFL <laughs> will be heading to South America for the first time. 
Uh, the NFL has already played games each year in the United Kingdom uh, and Germany this year. And in 2024, it will be Sao Paulo, Brazil. The league announced on Wednesday, uh, the date and time of the game and the teams that will play it have not been announced. Um, it was chosen over Madrid, uh, but I would imagine Madrid is in line as well. So, uh, that comes on the same day it was announced that the Super Bowl in 2027, which will be 61, will be played here at SoFi Stadium. Nice little West Coast Super Bowl again. The the international expansion is afoot. So you get Brazil, which you know I, was news to me that they're the third most um, pop. You know, it's the country where they they have the third most amount of NFL fans. Behind the U.S. and Mexico. Wow, that's and, and maybe, and, and it's partly because it's a lot of people there. Um, but there are we've we've heard from our friend our fans in Brazil, and obviously there's a language difference. Uh, but the English speakers, we have a lot of listeners. We we had a remember they sent us a uniform. I forget who it was. It was, oh, like, yeah, it was a, a uniform. Team, I still yeah. have that in my yep. closet of like a Brazilian football team. So that is very exciting, and it was part of an announcement that they can now do up to nine international games as of 2025. So that will not Uh-oh. be next year. Uh, technically, the the Wembley Stadium Jaguars game does not count as part of the series. So How it, does that work? I didn't know that because basically they do it every year. And they're saying you take that out of it. And on top of that, we can, we can now do eight a year. In the past, it had been four a year. And part of it is just a scheduling thing. They're now saying, well, instead of making you give up a home game, you know, with that 17th game, every four years now we can do it every or every eight years now we can do it every four years and so it, it's happening and i think the idea mark i'm is curious what you kill, think kill at least three of us in the room uh is to just have that early window because they also even said publicly <laughs> that eight might they might go up from eight i think the idea might be that early window six thirty on the west coast nine thirty on the east coast of the u.s is just a new window and that's like maybe at some point that's a weekly weekly game because the numbers it all makes sense you know the seven you know 16 games i appreciate the enthusiasm in your voice greg um over this development it causes me slight anxiety but uh i would <laughs> say that if they and i i hope that they send us to brazil we do have a lot of people down there that listen to the show uh-huh. um you know the way, same way that we built a bridge for goodell and his friends over to europe uh, we can build one to South America. Their bare uh, hands. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to PickSix.com. I don't know what's going on on their website because you know I can't I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> but they got you know, ten thousand followers, and they said just book the live show right now. I like that tweet to us yeah. this morning. So uh, you we'll, guys we'll, are are really driving this. Try to do. Yeah. You're driving the international expansion, and you should be proud of that. These are the hands that built the international That's expansion, it. brick by brick. Well, Henry plays a role as well. Do you think? Yeah. We would all return from Brazil if we went to Brazil. The answer is no. I mean, wait, what would ha- I'm sorry, what would happen? Why so. would anyone why would return to the United States if they sent us to Brazil? <laughs> oh. Well, sounds uh-huh. like it would be a good time. Just saying like it, yeah. it's a sounds like a a nice who they got bookend and they got to go books. big with, with the teams they send there too. I wonder if Well, Cow- who Cowboys, are they what's the maybe? main fan base? Cow- well, I I read that the, don't the Dolphins I don't know anything about it. The I, Dolphins, <laughs> oh, like you know how different teams have Dan doesn't want to go. They sort of like own Well, I'd like to return. I would okay. go. Yeah. Why wouldn't we return? That's what I just said. Yeah. 
Mark's saying he's he saying would choose he wants, to stay. He wants yeah. to disappear. Yeah. I like how I spent off of this. Stay yeah, for like that, three months and see what like real life is like. That could be anywhere. Pounding like back never, home eight hours. Like, right. oh, the game ended. You're on a midnight flight an hour later to come back to L.A. and right. like, you know, grind around the streets. We're never sure if you're going to even get on like the flight back from Indianapolis <laughs> for the combine. So it's, you know, it's still my know. favorite. We'd wait three days for you in Brazil, Mark, and then uh, and then we'd get shook on a plane to LA, and we'd just have to move forward. And I just don't think anyone would gone. complain, but I just I'm saying like <laughs> it seems like we could pack in like a couple extra days in South America after the game. Absolutely. We oh well, that yeah. Yeah. I'm Although, done with that. Oh, they always got us out like eight minutes after. It's like you're rushing in a taxi uh -huh. with your bags to the airport. You got another show to do. Right. I, the thought of a six thirty a.m. kickoff window on the regular. I mean, um, it already. So there, the there was five this year, right? Yeah. It, it is on the regular. It's it, like it's happening. I do like a home. Doing the pregame shows for that on the West Coast is selfishly, from my perspective, it is tough. I'm not going to lie. I That's, mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of complaining going on about this yeah. game. Maybe we I'm should just so excited. cancel the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. We're turning the car right. around. We're going All right, home. Get Goodell on the phone. <laughs> we got to. There's too many entanglements uh, in other news. I'm just going to keep tracking this because it's fun. Uh, the MVP odds race uh, in Vegas per DraftKings. Dak Prescott is now jumped ahead uh, in the race. I have some uh, data points here. Dak, after uh, his big game in primetime against the Eagles, is now at plus 150. Uh, Purdy's odds actually went up as well, but he drops behind Dak at plus 185. Lamar's at 475. Hurts at plus 650. And then Tyreek and Mahomes, deep distance at 1600. And CMC gone at 4,000 right now. Mm. So it, it could be turning into, and, the, and these things change quickly, but in, in Vegas, that's starting to point to, is this a, a two-horse race between Dak and Purdy? Mm. Mm. Things like do it. change quickly because sure. there's, what, four weeks left of the season? I think four weeks ago, Dak was something like plus 3,000. I always remember the year. Hope where somebody like, got in on that. It was like Vic or Tom Brady. Vic or one of be Tom Brady's best seasons ever. And then, like, Literally with three weeks left of the season. And then Tom Brady became the first ever unanimous uh, MVP, even though there was like even with three weeks to go. But Vic got hurt and had a couple bad games and Brady finished strong. And so it's all about that closing kick. I think Lamar still has a pretty decent chance here. If I think he, there's he a pretty big strong. drop off to Hertz this time around. Yeah, well, especially with this stretch, and it's all about the the narrative and and what recently happened. But Hertz every never single made Cowboys, sense there. I never thought he made sense there because to me he was getting outplayed by too many quarterbacks this year. Even though he's really good, he's like a top five quarterback, top six quarterback. He's like, also like kind of yeah. hurt, like whatever's going on with him. But every single Cowboys fan I talk to is like, no, Dak was is, Dak will never win this award because it's Dak Prescott. And I'm like, well, I don't understand, about? like. The, the Cowboys lead every conversation if anything, he'll ever win the award because, because he's a Cowboy. Exactly. So, I don't know. All right. Finally in the news. And this would be the third largest. And create one long transcontinental flight home for the Chargers. Meanwhile, Jacksonville can set their sights likely on Kansas City. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marker. And they call it on the defense. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that is unbelievable. That was the call from Al Michaels with uh, Tony Dungy of last, season, last year's wild, uh, wild card game between the Jaguars and Chargers, a game that the... Jaguars wiped out. What was it? A twenty-seven nothing was that game. Yes, and that might be the last call 
Al Michaels ever makes in a playoff game because it, it, it emerged yesterday in a report from, of course, our guy, uh, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, uh, that Michaels, uh, 79 years old now, will not be on the air um, when NBC has a primetime availability or has a playoff game availability. So he was in line to, like last year, call one of the playoff games and it came out that they're going to actually use their college guys, uh, Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. Mm. So they sideline Al. Um, and this was a surprise to Al because in an earlier conversation with Marchand about a month or so ago, um, he had no idea that that was even a possibility. So I'm sure he's furious about it. And it's uh, this is the way, Mark, you know, they, you know, this, this whole insider like uh, media reporting business with uh, these guys, it's kind of a, ugly way for Al Michaels uh, legacy to be wrapping up here with being told he's benched and being reported this way. But uh, I felt it was uh, noteworthy because we've been talking about Al and, and how he's not quite the same the last couple of years. Yeah. I think like anyone can see that, you know, Al Michaels, who for as long as we've been alive has been like the, a number one legend and um, his career largely pristine and he, he does it all. You don't get guys like this that announce every sport and have an ability to do it all really excellently. And like, I just, it made me think, like, um, when I saw this, like, nothing ends well half the time. Like, it's hard to be the person, the rare person that your final moment is, you know, Peyton Manning and a bad season walking out with a Super Bowl title. Right. And it's like, it's tough when you're, um, your job is to be enthusiastic, to bring fire, to be on that call, which was so lackluster and got so much attention and there was confusion. Like, age affects all that. And it's like you're finally starting to see, like, the dotting up of age and, like, you know, how are you the center of this like call of this like game, this moment? And uh, it's not been the same Al Michaels. Um, I still think though, when you hear him in interviews and stuff, there is this thing to him that no one else has. And I, I kind of hate it for him because he's been in our lives and in our ears and on our, on our television sets for, for the entire time. The crazy part is NBC actually has more playoff games this year. They have three on wild right. card weekend. One of them's just on Peacock, which is the most, you know, they, they've never had, three games like that so yeah something goes on it, it is sad he hasn't been set up well at amazon you know listening to watching some of the college football playoffs i was like oh this is fun seeing kirk Herbstreit excited about a football game mm -hmm. it really bothers me it's like this is the number one sport and i know college football and if you know, the nfl is the same sport but it was the same reason why i always didn't like costas on on nbc it's the number one sport in our country you got to have guys that it's their number one sport that's a herb street side point but it'd been a, been on my mind and i think it it hasn't helped al out uh but also the schedule hasn't and he hasn't helped himself and out i i think i think it's deserved too but it, it it just sucks. i think you definitely should have al on the call while he's still around so i i, I disagree fundamentally about this and i think it's not a, a nice thing to do uh for a guy who's absolutely still capable of calling the game and i also want to say just, I just mean like there's better guys out there like Ian Eagle, Kevin Harlan, a lot of guys to me, are, there's yeah, enough then, guys way ahead of Al that it's like those guys should be on. But then sure. don't do that. And, and I, the problem is now we're all talking about it. Like, yeah. let him do the playoff game and then you make your offseason change. It, might be, person, it might be a personal thing, though. There's things that we don't know that often affect these sort of things. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like you said about walking away at the right time. And I think ego is part of that, too. John Madden did it perfectly. But you got to be really looking forward to that next part. You got to be just well, ready to like give all that up and it's a lot to give up. Even, uh, even when he's like not excited about the games though, it's it's still Al Michaels and you yep. still have that 
that comfort in the familiarity of watching so many games with him over the right. years. So exactly. it's I'm not just, saying that Iron Eagle kind of sucks, but not the the better choice or whatever at this stage. But when you Al's only going to be around a couple more years doing this, and so as someone who's grown up with him, I'm perfect perfectly comfortable giving him that playoff game and and letting him enjoy it and like you said, make that change uh, if you want after the year. I don't know. I just don't like the way it was handled, and I don't like that if that was his last game. They gave him Dungey, and Dungey yeah. was more the problem than Al on that telecast, and Agreed. Al kind of got dragged into it. Dungey was brutal. He was so boring and dry. Uh, whatever. I don't know why they thought that was going to be a good idea in the first place. We're gonna we're definitely getting texts from uh, our friends here, the business on this one. I like it. That's what's happening in the news. We'll be right back. Hit some odd couples. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Yeah, all right. Welcome back. Uh, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I love so the sting. Funny. I love a sting. <laughs> the sting has been a regular part of the show. Since I know. It's great. It. Yeah, it's uh, it just feels <laughs> feels a little more official uh-huh. when you have it. I like it. The production value, all the bells and whistles. You guys are doing great. Uh, let's, let's hit it again. It's so fun. Let's just hit it again. <laughs> Thanks, Colleen. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Welcome back. Around the NFL. Um NFL. Odd couples. Okay, what are what are some unlikely bedfellows? How about that? Um, Greg, this is your brainchild. You get us going. Well, I really give Colleen credit. We're oh. on, we're on a text thread and she sent us the trenchant update yesterday <laughs> uh with the <laughs> The headline looks like Kevin Costner and Jewel <laughs> really are a thing, which was news to me. I didn't know there was there was news about that. Mm-hmm. I, I clicked on the link. There's some pictures. <laughs> Pretty surprising. Now, I said yeah, this well. because I know that Mark has always really enjoyed Jewel. And sure. when I first He's moved to L.A. Guy. in 2014, I lived across the street from a karaoke bar called The Gaslight, and Jewel famously had been there singing before. In disguise, I believe. Yes. Mark told me about that, and I never forgot about it. And now anytime I see anything Jewel-related, I have to send it out. Now, there hasn't been a lot lately, but this one definitely counts. She did have an NFL connection. One stated Charlie Whitehurst. uh, That was weird. Former... Seahawks and uh, down in Rocky Top. They had so that was a bit of that was a bit Rocky of an odd top. couple. Yeah. I would say Jewel and Costner definitely an odd couple. And look, I owned uh, I owned the CD uh, Pieces of You back in the day. Who didn't? Um, and so I was trying. To, I was thinking did we should really? think of some NFL odd couples. You yes. had Pieces of You. I did. I did. I think it was part. What of... What an achievement! It was like a massively. Yeah, like, that, that I mean, was. I, don't, I didn't know I, many I teenage it. guys that had Pieces of You. That's I had all. Pieces of You. I wasn't oh, even yeah. a teenager though. But it was. It wasn't yeah, just. It, was like like in it wasn't just for girls. I was, or yeah, I was yeah. a freshman in high school. I think I got it as part of that. You remember you get the eight CDs from Columbia? I sure, for a penny. For one penny, everybody, by the way. Everybody we're really like, pump the brakes yeah. a little bit here. What? First of all, Jewel isn't just for girls, but I 
I follow music pretty closely, and I know a lot of people that love. I've never seen a guy that had pieces of you okay. in his jewel case. And if she sold, his, I just would like to point out she's sold over thirty million albums worldwide. Who will save your soul? Yeah, I think Foolish there's some Games. I mean, she got bangers. Classic. Uh, I like a bad song on that album. So who? So who is? I'm the, surprised by your take, Dana. Yeah, I don't What's like it. What's my take? What's my take? Taking down that, Jewel. You said I love. I love a, Jewel singles. A guy would never have a Jewel that album said, in her. In what case? I said I never. Case? I never met. I never met somebody, a man that had Jewel CD. Maybe they all. just. And this will be now turned around to me being some type of misogynist. Ass- no, I'm just telling you from my human experience. Right. That's cool. I've I'm, never known I, another man I'm in my college surprised. years or my high school years. I think the, I think I the numbers the would say, though, they did own now it. Now I do. They did own it, but their own internalized misogyny and their fear of you, mm. they, they didn't tell you about it. They were ashamed. All right. I hope congratulations. That's let's everybody, come, out. Let's everybody, come out in the sun, Jewel fans. We're, we're taking over 2023. everybody give themselves a, a round of applause for being so open-minded. Jewel heads. So who is the, the Jewel, Kevin Costner couples in the NFL? That's what I asked. And I'm going to start with someone uh, that's maybe around Jewel's age. I don't know how old she is. It's Joe Flacco, him being back in our life oh. with Kevin Stefanski. To me, it was the first thing that came to my mind. And I think you could even extend this to Joe Flacco and Mark Sessler as an NFL odd couple. And the Browns fans writ large finding themselves in 2023 rooting for Joe Flacco, the same guy who ripped their heart out for so many years, dominating them with the Ravens, all this cross-pollination, oh, yeah. and these two guys, and Kevin Stefanski having a quarterback that is going to make some mistakes, but also will just throw the ball to where Stefanski wants to open receivers, and it's a rare couple, and you see couples out there like this, uh, that kind of look alike, something Joe Flacco uh, was asked mm. about. This week, he was saying that last week. I mean, I, you know, I'm a guy with a beard. So <laughs> I, I could shave it off and look completely different tomorrow. So I probably should. It's just playing into the fact that I'm an older quarterback. If I shave this off, it would probably take five years off. I love this. His love accent this, is so know. good. It reminds me of home. I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Autobahn, New Jersey. They're like around the same age, the Fansky and Flacco, a couple, couple years apart here and it is. That's it's, a great one. It's yeah. a it's a moment in time, and we'll see where it goes. But I think they're a pretty legitimate team, although they have some injuries. And uh, I think Stefanski loves showing, I am a good offensive coach. I think Flacco's helped him. He has been that. good. He's I, brought out the best in his unlikely partner. They've lost three offensive tackles. They just lost another one. I, there's not, I don't know how deeper into the NFL, you know, free agent circles and stuff you can do to solve that. But I, it is a little different than the like Big Ben was twenty six two and one against the Browns, and a largely like probably the most hated opponent for Browns fans around, just because of how like he'd like to stick it in their face. Flacco was never that way. That's all I'd say. I mean, he also was eighteen and three, the second best record to the point when he won in Cleveland. Wait, he was eighteen and three against the Browns, and yeah. you're saying it wasn't that bad? No. So I'm saying That's compared right. to well, Big everybody ben, was beating the Browns in that. Yeah. That's a, that eighteen yeah. and three. Is, I, I would just say personally, crazy. as much as yeah. I distaste, I, much as distaste I had for the Ravens, it wasn't like Flacco based so much. No. There's a bunch of other knuckleheads on that also, team that drove me nuts. It's yeah. just kind of crazy though. If you had said this before the season, it, it, it is. It's, it's, totally it's, crazy. it's a totally odd sight. But I would say he's done a nice job of like in his stuff, like in the locker room last week, like he. He's very happy to be there, and there's a different right. kind of feel to Joe Flacco, and he's been a different athlete than we saw on the Jets. 
I disagree with that. Well, at least like an, it's, he looks fresh. To he me. has a better like offensive line around him. I, I think that matters for a now. Lot. I mean, he could throw. He could always throw. I, I, I like it. I'm enjoying seeing him uh, this way. And we'll see if it keeps up. It's just so weird to it see him weird. in a Browns jersey. And it's like Joe Flacco being a Brown is the most 2023 on brand thing mm. for the NFL. Like okay. all of the different quarterbacks that we've seen. I think it's. Uh, this week, when Nick Bol- when Nick Mullen starts and when Easton Stick starts, it will be fifty seven different starting quarterbacks this season. Mm. That's including problematic, ten, including ten rookies, which is. But they've been some of the more fun quarterbacks, actually. Some they have. Some of you know, actually, Easton Stick had one gorgeous throw the other. Colleen, I want to hear yours because you said you had five. Okay, so you choose this one. I cannot stop following all of the like everyone else right now but i'm completely in love with the devito family Mm. and tommy devito and everything that they have following them and Mm. so for me the odd couple is tommy devito and the rest of the nfc east fans because i know that i'm not alone in this and i feel i felt so strange watching Tommy DeVito and almost rooting for the Giants on Mm. Monday night. It felt super wrong, but there was something (laughs) exciting about it at the same time. Mm. And just like having been in New York last week, I I went over to Brooklyn. I got some pizza. You guys know I love sandwiches. Like I, I feel like I essentially grew up Italian because like that's just our, our family is not Italian, but we act like Italians and we love everything about Italian Americans and Italians in general. So it's like this story is so fun. I'm currently trying to convince the network to like send me to uh, the Giants Eagles game on Christmas Day so I can tailgate with the DeVitos because I really, Ooh. really want them to do the seven fishes mm. in the parking lot. Do it. <laughs> the seven <laughs> fishes. Uh, look it up if you don't know. Um, I have a take on that. I think. Because Eagles fans hate the Giants and vice versa. Yeah, it's the mo- it's a- more so than the Cowboys. Yeah. You have to play them twice here down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And right? they are playing twice, that's right. Mm-hmm. And But here, I think part of what makes this DeVito thing so kind of fun is that it's also kind of a safe thing. Because you know DeVito, it's not like if DeVito was actually the guy that was here to save the Giants, uh-huh. you probably would be more afraid of him or like, oh, God, this is they found somebody what that's amazing. But instead, he's more just like this, like 2023 fun found story that you know is probably a, a moment in time. So it's like, oh, I root for this guy. He's not the really Giants that are good. bad, so yeah, it's not. It's, it's a easier now if they if you were like battling uh, for first place right now, and he was actually balling out on a high level. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a little different, maybe. Little different, yeah. little different, and I probably will feel different if the Giants beat the Eagles on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, you might feel a little different then. <laughs> but in the lead up to it, right now, I mean, my heart right now is with the Devitos. Very nice, and the agent, the whole thing. The agent is. Oh. Uh, I I hope he's been him. busy. I hope he's been doing his job. That's all I'm saying. The agent? Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's got a lot of jobs. You kidding me? I that guy? He's getting up early. He's got waste management. He's got tow trucks. <laughs> I'm trying to. Obviously, he <laughs> became a big story immediately on Monday night, and then Tuesday he was everywhere and doing media and everything. And then I clicked into his Instagram. Sean Stellato, is it? My agent was with them that night too. Yeah. Um. Whoa. And <laughs> that's funny. And there was like an Instagram post from I think it was like months ago, and it was like, "Welcome, Sean Stellato, to the uh, Boston Italian American Hall of Fame." <laughs> I saw and I'm like, that. "What am I missing here? Is this guy a well-known person? This is before any of the 
the Davido Mania <laughs> Hall of Famer. The Italians Can't take know. It away. <laughs> so he's obviously done things in his career. He's a Python. I, I know that. I mean, that's established. I'm just curious what his other successes in life are. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not good yeah. enough. Fine. Some under the radar, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, don't um, worry about it. All right, Mark. Uh. I want to double back on an, on something we were mentioning earlier with this, which is the Chargers. Um, and I have been doing some research, and I would like to file a report on the Chargers. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. So not every coupling is just like, hey, one person and the other person we're having a great time. It's like it think you know we live in a multifaceted universe Big now, time. right? So I look around the league, um, and I look at uh, the Chargers, and I spot a polyamorous relationship on the rocks. Uh, so it, you know, it always it started with an, an air of adventure, right? Right, and uh, these they they always do these things. Um, <laughs> there was so much to like: a star quarterback in Justin Herbert, a bright young new thinking coach in Brandon Staley, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, talented bodies on both oh, yeah. sides of the ball, all living together and sharing meals and and passion and you know one shared vision of love on a grand scale. People say we can't live like this, but they don't know us. The Chargers said to mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. But then little attachments and jealousies started to form. Some became self-interested. And internal questions began to rise, asking if this polyamorous arrangement, you know, Herbert, Staley, Kellen Moore, Tom Telesco, Keenan Allen, the always banged up Mike Williams, an ownership group that left its fan base to wither in the San Diego dust, was functional uh, (laughs) or fantasy. Um, And right now, I imagine them all gathered in the living room of their large group home, talking about why they began this love experiment in the first place to live in a way nobody thought possible, to cast off the old, petty, toxic qualities that ended all their relationships prior, but it's just not working. Um, it was just a phase in life, mm. an exploration of boundaries, a time they'll never forget, <laughs> but the breakup mm. is overt and imminent. <laughs> I hate that for them. I, I it has really to end, though. A lot you know, of exploring. Can't, can't go forever. Yeah, but they yeah. thought it could. They, they thought, thought that could. they could have longer. this lifestyle that like everyone it. said, no, like, this is why most people don't do it. This is why it doesn't work out. And they said, uh-uh, no, look, watch us. And now they're in this situation right. where... Right. Everyone yeah, it's, thinks you know, they're different. Everything, yeah. Everyone thinks they're a special little flower. Yeah, right. right. It's Find like, not true. this is what you learn, you know, at the end of every, you know, multi-part docu-series about a cult. Oh, but yeah. it's like the Chargers were hoping for, like, eight episodes, and they only got three, you know? It just... <laughs> Shortened down. Tough. Real <laughs> tough sitch. But it's weird. We didn't ever got the like the the honeymoon phase with this team. Just That's just so all true. sad the whole time. <laughs> the honeymoon they, phase is in training camp. They did win a camp, bunch though. of games to make the playoffs. Adversity out of the game. At the end. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Mm. It was over before it started. Um, all right. So I kind of went Connie here and, and I took NFL odd couples to mean something a little bit different. But this will work. Okay. Um, so the odd couple for me is the, the Kansas city chiefs, um, and then them being in cahoots or in the role of the bad guys. Mm. This mm. has not happened before. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. This is new. Um, and this is after a Sunday, uh, in which Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid both got after the officials and, you know, bemoaned how they're being targeted or, you know, failures by officiating are happening over and over again. And uh, this comes from uh, a team that's had nothing but monumental success for years. Do you have Mahomes, uh, to Mahomes' credit, um, when things calm down, 
and he he realized that you know I gotta I, I should probably hit the accelerator a little too hard. He spoke to the media with uh, regrets about how things played out. Uh, this was yesterday. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I, I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so I probably regret acting like that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regret the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it. Hmm. Uh, and that's the drive, uh, Odyssey six ten Sports Radio. Uh, he appeared on and said that, and you know what? Good, that's fine with me. And uh, I love, I love Mahomes, the player, and I think he's a good guy. And that him saying that, I don't carry any ill will at all toward him. However, I just think you heard so much um, uh, vitriol toward them and the reaction to that that people are just sick of the Chiefs. And this is a team that hasn't won eleven, hasn't won less than eleven games since 2015. Patrick Mahomes, as everyone knows, has never played a, a road game in the playoffs. Um, he's, they're always a top seed. The last five years for the Chiefs have gone AFC title game, uh, Super Bowl win, Super Bowl loss, AFC title game, Super Bowl win. The, regu- the regular season record in the Mahomes era entering this season, 64-18. and 18. Mahomes, obviously, multiple MVPs, multiple, multiple Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, Andy Reid, the head coach, was uh, a guy that you rooted for uh, because he never got over the hill, never got over to the mountaintop. He's done that now twice. And in general, there's this vibe that everyone is okay with the Chiefs getting their comeuppance because they've gotten some calls over the year themselves. Listen, I, I remember that Jets Sunday night game. I was mad about that game. And it was like, why do the Chiefs always get the calls? <laughs> How about it's the like Super Bowl? it always used to be the yeah, Patriots. The Super Bowl. <laughs> How about the Eagles in the Super Bowl? So it's like... Uh, that makes sense, too, that there's a, a growing sentiment like enough of these guys. Well, it's like when I was watching Patrick Mahomes at the end of that game, I thought to myself, that is the reaction of someone who is not used to losing. And it was it was all over the place. He was so furious and I could not stop watching. I wish that there was more camera shots of him. I want like security mad, footage cam, like yeah. from sides of buildings to see every single shot of him. Because we're just not used to seeing anything really negative with this team. Them really face any true adversity and any any real flaws come out. And now we are. And it sort of makes it easier to be like, well, let's let's see more. What what happens now when you put even more pressure on them? And and will they break under it? I, I think about like that 11 and five Patriots team that. Uh, started 0 and 2 and like they were Belichick was on the rocks and when they went and beat the Rams in the Super Bowl like vast amounts of the country were delighted by that because they had been that team that were on the outside and like they were lovable winners and it was a great time like you know and the Rams were a superpower at that point they were yeah. and so that you know it's just post 9-11 it was just like something felt kind of pure and great about it the next year they don't even make the playoffs so it's like they're not bothering us, but then they go win two straight Super Bowls, and everything and even starts. that 2003 year, people weren't like sick of them then because they, no, they weren't expected they, to do it that but year. 2003, either. like they they had not made the playoffs. It's like the Chiefs have been as close as we have to the next dynasty, and they've been perfect. And like even last year, it's like, oh, Mahomes has like a high ankle sprain, and then he's like, oh, I'm gonna have my greatest rushing game in the playoffs. It's like not whatever <laughs> adversity they faced by Sunday, like they overcame it, like. This is a different place, um, but it's just exhaustion in sports. Like, we're always craving, if yes. you're, unless you're a Chiefs fan, 
you want a new story. It's, it's I think it's tough for Tony Roman to say the same stuff about Patrick Mahomes sure. over and over. So it's like, show us someone new. Tommy DeVito is a fascination because it's like, no one expected this human being to be in our life. They right. hate us because they ain't us. You know, it, it, no matter who you are at the top, it's going to be like that. And the Chiefs are a great test for it because they are about as likable. Like in the end, Andy Reid is still going to be the guy right. moving his fingers trying to get those little nuggies. You know, you're not going to not like <laughs> Andy Reid. You're going to love him. And Mahomes and, is a, mis a nice right, guy. Right, the and, next day, he's apologizing. Yeah. Even t like Tom Brady, when you really pull it back, was like a tough guy to truly hate. But he was easier. He obviously had the, the, the flake gate and all that stuff. But like in interviews and stuff, he was, but Mahomes is even more difficult, I, I oh, think, yeah. to, no, to dislike. The Patriots like, oh, were yeah. perfect for the role because they were leaned into great for longer. They were in multiple scandals, and Belichick is Belichick. It was it was kind of everything wanted to everything made sense, so they were easy uh, to hate. The Chiefs not as easy, and yet I feel like there's people are starting to you just get bored, just yeah. want something new, especially after last year. Um, who wants to go? Who's got another one? Okay, I figure we're only gonna I'm only gonna go a second time, right? So this is it, Greg. Make it count. The speed what round of the ones I passed. You know, Allen and Diggs, I think, was kind of a, a fun one because that thing is still going on. That's weird. Uh, Mick, Mick, Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio would be a classic sort of buddy cop thing where it's the young wisecrack and mm -hmm. the old uh, curmudgeon coming together to do a great coaching job. But I'm going to go uh, Jake Browning and Zach Taylor just showing us, like, they're not just uh, guys that were made by Joe Burrow. And they're do they're making each other better. These It's like... It's like a couple where, like, maybe neither of them caught your eye, and then suddenly they're out together, and you're like, God damn, they're both pretty hot. Like, this is a totally different <laughs> Wait, what? Bengals. I don't know. This is, a different, physically? Th this is a different Bengals offense completely than it was with Joe Burrow, and it's. I know it's not going to last like this, but the numbers are the numbers. Two of their three best offensive games of the year, really their two best offensive games, were by Jake Browning. They weren't by Joe Burrow. Like, that is pretty crazy by EPA per play, by yards, everything like that. They've actually done better the last two weeks than any Burrow game this year, uh, except for the 49ers game. And no one's saying, obviously, that they can stay at the level or he's anything like Burrow. But I give Taylor a ton of credit because instead of it being Burrow's offense where it's five, you know, everyone's spread out and I'm just going to figure everything out. And I'm sort of the coach ultimately. It's back to what Zach Taylor came from. And this, this matchup, we'll get into it. But I just wanted to point them out, especially this is a great matchup for it because it, he's part of that McVay tree. And it looks like those teams, it's way more play action. It's way under, it's much more under center. It's screen game. And you know what? Like, it's kind of helping some of the people around them do their best. Um, again, it's not a long-term thing, but I really admire the way they've adapted those two specifically as a couple, because Browning's playing great. We thought he was gonna he was an example of oh, these garbage backup quarterbacks that don't deserve to play. They knew something, and Zach Taylor's showing us something with what they've been doing. This is the year where like a lot of coaches have had to deal with this. And there some have survived, like Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew have survived. Like this pair have survived. They've like, survived like with terrible not terrible, but well, poor right, quarterback. All right, play. Right, this is in like contrast great. to right. I can think of a couple teams where you lose your starter. Right. It's like curtains. It's total curtains. Mm -hmm. And it does there is there are a couple coaches that were hired to develop quarterbacks. Dayball's doing that right now. I'd say Stefanski's done it where it's like it's it, you're in the mix. It's working. You're interesting if you're not in the mix because you you haven't gone total flotsam jetsam at quarterback. And you do it a, diff a yeah. different way, which I guess I didn't they've done that under Zach Taylor, they've closed strong. They've kind of adapted during seasons. And 
I, I'm pretty surprised to see them putting up, you know, 400 plus yards and 30 plus points back to back weeks. It's pretty sure. wild against against decent defenses too, not against like trash bag teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody else want to throw one out? I have a quick one, um, okay. and I'll, I will keep it quick. Like we went down David Tepper Avenue um, with a lot of. Um, vengeance and a lot of fire and i get it um vengeance uh, well just like i thought it was fun no 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 but just like i mean the whole the whole football world was like also the branding is important what tepper be talking no i mean that we i think we handled it with in a ginger and informative way um but i would say this i think in that conversation (laughs) (laughs) but so that like in that conversation one name never came up and i never really heard this person's name come up at all and i it makes me wonder about the coupling of David Tepper and Scott Fitter. Because Scott Fitter is one of the more anonymous general Scott managers Tepper. around. And I guess you can say he has no power. Maybe Tepper, Tepper's just doing everything. Fine. But I don't think that's the case. Like, um, Scott Fitter is 13 and 34. Uh, he made the trade to bring Bryce Young. I know it wasn't just his pick, but he is the guy on the phone negotiating a trade that looked pretty ridiculous to me. Um, he went and got Sam Darnold. That didn't work. PJ Walker. That didn't work. Cam New- He brought Cam Newton back in that weird little dose of time. That was weird. Um, Baker Mayfield, who's gone on to Tampa to be functional, melts down there, and they cut him midseason. It's been totally chaotic. Um, it's been an absolute nightmare visually. It's optically one of the worst teams in the league. Their future is strange. It's going to be tough to get a coach, and no one brings up the fact that the, they have a general manager that has done nothing correct. Is this an episode of Federer Be Better? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a sad situation, Mark. I just think he's you know skated by, and why is he never bought up? Well, is he I, the new Trent Balky? Because I feel like Balky a few years ago was getting yeah. all of I, the heat, what? and no one this, wanted to work with here's him. Here's my he take. Was difficult and now. It's here's this. my take on Federer be better this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Federer probably has the worst life in the world right now of any NFL figure. After what we were heard was happening with poor Frank Reich getting called into the office and just getting buried every Monday morning. Maybe there's a reason we're not hearing from Federer. Maybe there's Fitter, he's in a yeah. dungeon somewhere. Fitter. Well, it doesn't buried. rhyme quite as easily, but it is Fitter. <laughs> and yeah, this feels like um, a pilot that... Fitter's in a, in a dark place Fitter right would be better. Maybe I, literally. I don't think it's making it to season one. I think it's <laughs> a one and done spinoff. Sorry. Well, he could land somewhere else and then the, sure. we could reboot it. Mm-hmm. So Good app, though. Good app. That's good. Anybody else? Um... You guys already hit on Mahomes. Mahomes and his receivers was one um, kind of odd couple. Belichick and losing. But also, yeah. Robert Kraft and Meek Mill is one that they are always, it seems like they are at events that together. That is an odd couple. Always they maybe have been on the jet yeah. together, and they seem to genuinely enjoy each other's company. And I would just love to be there for a conversation between the two of them because I bet it would be kind of hilarious. Yeah, um, I do wonder if Robert Kraft was just a day-to-day Hammond Egger, like a barbershop guy just cutting people's hair. Like, does Meek Mill care about him? Is that, there might be something else. Belichick as a barber would be interesting. Well, and vice like versa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. if Meek Mill was cutting hair that Robert Kraft would be yeah. particularly interested in. The, the power. goes both ways. Power magnet. Like, I want Robert Kraft listening to Dreams and Nightmares. <laughs> I, I, sure. I wanna, that's what I want to be present for. Um, by the way, Odd Couple's teenage and 20-something men having um, pieces of you. I I will say I think I had Jagged Little Pill, Alanis. I had that. Mm. 
Yeah. But I, hmm. I and but they I, seem very different to me. But that's yeah, that's yeah. a step in the right direction, I guess. If that's what we're. Well, it's going again, to work. it's not the right direction. I like, don't know. I, I don't I know. Can't, like, I can't rise to your guys' level of like understanding. No making a judgment. I, yeah, yeah. You didn't have I it. I can't get there. I can't get there. I can't get there. But why does Alanis Morissette? Like, we didn't say anything about your team. I can't we just get said there. we had it. I can't get there to where you are, Greg. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I think I had Alanis. That's all I'm saying. I, I didn't know. have Alanis, but I was a big Liz Fair guy. You know, there. I don't think she's stuck, but I had a Tori Liz Amos Fair. album. I've sure. seen that as well. I just hate I've that Dan Fair. hates Jewel. Ugh. Like I just don't. Spies I don't know me. why. I liked. I, I had Tori Amos. Amos, you would see some Amos. Yeah, my brother went to a Tori Amos concert, and he Scott. He was somehow in like the second row, and he told me that like. She spent the entire show not out of attraction, like staring right into his eyes. What? Like, like a, I, there was a little bit of anger in some of her music, and I think she, like maybe she he would, looked like, like an ex or something. I don't. I don't she's, she'll pick one person and like focus on. Well, that I've heard of that. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do that at our live shows. I, at our live show, I can't see anything. Like it's just like, and also you know, lots happening. So. Vanessa Carlton was she in that time? That was a little later. A little later. I feel like I. Carlton bought tickets and attended. <laughs> I don't know which year it was, but it was definitely whenever Liz Fair was there, the Lilith Fair with my girlfriend. Wow. Yes. Wow. Greg. I think it was probably ninety-seven. Please right. find pictures. Someone right. earned them. You deserve a trophy. Them. <laughs> I'm not like I'm just fine. I just uh, the world's most it. comfortable man, Greg <laughs> Rosenthal, went to <laughs> Lilith Fair too and had the Jewel CD. Anything else you want to add to your resume, your CV? That's about it. I think. I think Sarah McLaughlin was running that thing. <laughs> oh, she was. You know, you know who was there? Missy, Great album. Missy Elliott. Because I remember when she walked she by. She Affair? Yeah. When she went by, you could touch her inflated oh, yes. outfit. Oh, so really? I remember, like, she came up, you know, the, the aisle, and you could, that, you could touch the. I don't care! That, yeah, uh, <laughs> let's please move on. That that uh, Sarah McLaughlin album that had the building a mystery. Bangers all over that one. Yeah. Riddled with Surfacing, I believe. Riddles with them. Also a Lilith Fair. Stalwart. All right. Where are we at? We good with this? Please. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're out of here. Uh, Let's finish up with a fun way to hit these uh, uh, previews because we got four to hit. There's a a Saturday triple header. So that's starting now. And we have Thursday night football. So, uh, Eric, do you have like, how do we do it? Want to clock it? Is that what we want to do? Three minutes? Is that what we want to do? Three minutes is good. Three is fine. All right. How about this? Just so we have a little bit. Let the person set it up and then start the clock. Okay. And let's start with Thursday Night Football. So let's go uh, in order here, time-wise. <laughs> Greg. I feel like I want to donate one of the minutes to a, <laughs> a different game. Is that allowed? Uh, we already talked, Herbert. Yeah, do your best. Here we okay. go. Chargers, Raiders. Go ahead. Okay. So we got Easton Stick starting against a quarterback to be named later. We think it, no, it is Aiden O'Connell one last time. I guess mm. that would be where I start. If, if he doesn't play Antonio Pierce has indicated, you know, maybe they'd go back to Jimmy Garoppolo, despite the risk that they would be taking injury wise and what that would mean for their contract. Wait, why? What? I don't a, know. Wait, Just cause he wants same, to win games, but it's same ownership that benched car for the same reason, isn't it? That's a good point. Mm. So maybe well, the, it's just idle speculation by the Raiders the are in a murky spot. Like, that's not a, I mean, I think it is they, the same ownership. I think yeah. they want to win. I, AOC, you know, AOC versus Easton Stick. Big time. A, Easton Stick had a couple dimes. He also had some terrible throws uh, in that little. Jimmy G is also like Mr. Glass. So the idea of, uh, like, yeah. Derek Carr is one thing. You can't, even, if you tried to kill Derek Carr, you can't do it. People have been trying to do it for weeks now. But 
Jimmy G is like, that's a real roll of the dice. And what's the, for what cost? I don't know. I don't know. They're I, both five and eight, so they're technically not eliminated. I think if you're Antonio Pierce, like this <laughs> right, matters like that. <laughs> a lot. Like I think he has a a chance to not hopefully just be like a token head coach. Yesterday interview. hurt. I mean, last week hurt, but it, it still did. got time. It yeah. did, but like they they've been a but he's a been a better coach, right? And their yeah. defense was good, but they've been a better team. I mean, I I don't know. It's like at this point, both teams are kind of drifting away. Like, how about if you're the Chargers and you're thinking about you know even next year? Like, Quentin Johnson came off a game where he had 91 yards. They were off two big catches late, but like um. Go. Show us what you can do for the next month. Nothing matters. So you don't, the pressure's off. That's The perfect. pressure's off. Just go, like, a couple of these guys, like, we know, like, you're going to be there for the next coaching staff. Nothing does matter at this point, especially for the Chargers. Their offensive line is also a disaster, so I was looking to see who the backup is to Easton Stick, and it's Max Dugan. Duggan? Oh, yeah, the TCU uh, national uh-huh. championship guy. So uh, hopefully it doesn't come down to that. But I mean, watching Max Crosby, who was hurt in that game, he still is coming off a knee injury and he played well in that game. I think he had two sacks. And so now he hasn't practiced all week either. But going up against Easton Stick, I don't know, guys. Josh Jacobs might miss the game, too. There's a thought that maybe they'll rest some of sit some of these Mm. guys at some point, but not yet. And Devontae Adams, who's one of my favorite players to watch in the league, it's just sad that he's just being wasted right now. And he he had some comments this week uh, that it was embarrassing what happened, the three, nothing loss. And uh, how long did it take him to get over it? I mean, I'm moving past it. I'm not over it, but I'm past it for sure. Um, Mm. He, I think he's going to add a lot of intrigue to the off season because I think he, it makes so much sense for them to trade him and it's going to, it's going to give them a premium draft pick and it's him at age 31 or whatever it is going to a contender and, and likely a quarterback who can get him the ball. Uh, so he's, I think in his final games as a Raider too. Mm. Anything else? Yeah, Chargers Raiders uh, guys, you can watch the uh, Thursday night game day kickoff on like NFL it. network. We get started at 6 PM Eastern. It's a two and a half hour pregame show. So there's another odd couple you and Steve <laughs> Smith, to talk about. You know? I love Steve. Steve's the best. Two and a half hours. Yep. All right. All right. Let's move to Saturday and uh, a game. Vikings, Bengals. That's a good one. Good one. It's an important game for two playoff hopefuls who lost their franchise quarterback, but they're in different stages right now. Uh, and I, it's good that you you brought up uh, where things are with Cincinnati and the, the optimism. But I also think that's interesting to keep an eye on because the Vikings lost Cousins to the Achilles. They trade for Josh Dobbs, who balls out for two weeks. Expectations go way up in Minnesota. Then they crash down to earth and Dobbs to the bench now. Nick Mullins starting. So now that overflowing praise that was once reserved for Dobbs, that's been shifted in some way to Jake Browning, who has, hmm, balled out for two weeks to raise expectations in Cincinnati. And now he has to see if he can make it go more than a couple weeks and help take Cincinnati to the playoffs. This game is huge for the Bengals, Um, obviously for the Vikings, too, mathematically. But the Bengals are going to walk into a buzzsaw after this. It gets tough. Um, They are seven and six. They're exciting and they're very intriguing, like wild card option. But they have Pittsburgh on the road after this, then Kansas City on the road, then the Browns to close out the season. So Jake Browning is not out of the woods on any front. But I just find them watching the last two games. It's like we've lost all these teams. 
we've lost all these storylines and narratives and quarterbacks. It's like one of them just got revived, like came out of the grave and is like not just marching slowly towards us, but sprinting towards us. And that's why the Bengals are fascinating to me. But that's my point. Like just a little bit of caution because two game sample sizes are still small. Right. And I've been hurt now by the Vikings and Dobbs, who, who is so much fun, Greg. And now he is ancient history on that team. He might be the third quarterback this week. It is going to be Nick Mullins, who can kind of operate the offense and has been in the offense, frankly, for multiple years. They they brought him there in a trade to be the backup quarterback, and he would have been the quarterback, not Josh Dobbs, if he wasn't on IR at the time. So I get going to him. I still like the Bengals here because their defense has played well the last couple weeks. They've had a history of really improving late in the season. Like I meant, their screen game has just been insane. So I do feel like the Jake Browning has shown a little more sustainability in terms of the way they're running uh, their offense, but he's playing a very difficult opponent. Vikings sixth in DVOA now defensively, first in points allowed since week one. Whoa. Hmm. The Vikings. And there was a quote last week from Aiden O'Connell, which I think applies here, which he said, they just make it so difficult to do our normal stuff. So this is like an ultimate test here for how hot Browning is. And a nice little assignment for our buddy Chris Rose, who's on the call for NFL Network. We got it. There's five games here. I'm going to be a company man, but this is a fact. There's five games this week that have two teams with winning records against them. Ooh. We got three in a row on NFL Network. They, they lucked out with, the, with the schedule good. here. I like that Zach Taylor is not only coaching the team, but now he's coaching the fans as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Do we have that? Do we? I do challenge our fans. We got outstanding fans to, um, you know, drink one more drink and rush in the stadium and, and be as loud as you can humanly possibly be. Uh, when Minnesota's offense is out there and help our guys. And and that challenge is one that I would accept if <laughs> I was Did there. Did you encourage binge drinking there? It's I, also a 1.30 like p.m. game, so. Let's go. Get, get, get up early. Get early. <laughs> it is like the counter opposite of Sam Weish telling the fan base to settle down and stop throwing garbage and items. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Classic Weish. Zach Taylor. And then also Nick Mullins. Throwing for more yards in the fourth quarter relief effort that he had than Dobbs did all game. That game was such trash. Let's see a little bit of something in this game from them, please. God. And, and Justin yes. Jefferson is back. And that's great. And please, God, please, Vikings, win this game. Because if you don't, the team of ATL becomes. Team of ATL. <laughs> no. Well, we can't have that. No, can't. I think they're going to lose this game, but they'd still be in the playoffs. They'd still be the seven. The second time the Vikings place. did that to us um, under the team of eight. I think then they can rally, but I think this is a tough <laughs> spot. But who knows? You know what? You know, fool us once. Shame on. Don't now you. You, you can't do worse than fool us twice. Fool me twice. Can't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game. Uh, the Steelers and the Colts. Mark, tee it up. All right, I prepared like a little. I like how you did this because I made a little pregame show. Ooh. Oh, it sets that's the great. table for you. Excellent, okay. a feast. Uh, let's hear. Let's try this. Um, <laughs> if Colleen Wolf, mm-hmm. ice skating alone at the rink in quiet darkness before school, did not dream of fielding a perfect score at the Horsham, Pennsylvania ice skate fiesta, <laughs> then the sliding doors nature of this life would not allow Colleen to be here today to tell us that Mitch Trubisky was a nationally televised disaster against the Patriots less than a week ago. Mm. If Greg Rosenthal had not toiled by lamplight in his teenage bedroom, crafting lines of rebellion for local Massachusetts emo sensation Delaware, 
he would not be here to inform you that Pittsburgh is the first team in NFL history with a winning record to crumble in back-to-back outings against teams sitting a full eight games under 500. Mm. Ouchie. If Dan Hansis were not once in a parked car, his 10th grade gal pal Rachel Haynes St. Clair sitting shotgun, listening to Z100, night soot from the old coal towns steaming up in the valley below, he would not be here right now to suggest that T.J. Watt and Alexander Highsmith are both a little banged up ahead of a skirmish between two seven and six teams that absolutely matters to human beings who care about the AFC playoff race. Mm. Clock it. <laughs> two winning teams. Well done. I like I, the pregame show. I don't believe in either one of them. Look, I, Colleen said that. Colleen is the pre-show. I can come on your pregame show. If, like, I know Steve Smith would want to hear more come on, like that. Come on yeah. over. Yeah. Hey, we have, we have a lot of time. Uh, two and a half hours. So if you want to come by and times it start, we don't get invited on anything. Let's be honest. This is we're in our safe space here. That's about it. This TJ Watt story has gotten surprisingly little attention. That he got mm. clocked in the face yeah. to start that game. Then days later, one of the most respected coaches in the league is asked if he even undertook a concussion test, and Mike Tomlin's straight face answer in front of the mic was, oh, "I assume so." He didn't have an answer for that four days later. If this was four years ago, this would have been the raging story we're all talking about. But everyone's sick of, like, blowing it with concussions. And he had to change his visor to a tinted visor during that game. This is one of the superstars (laughs) in the NFL, and we're doing so wrong by them. And people have – I shouldn't do the people have given up because we are the people. Like, it's crazy to me, and I hope the NFL comes down on this a little bit. They – like, and he's, I doubt he's going to be in this game, which is a, a quite a big deal. <laughs> when massive. at the moment that the player says, I'm okay to play, but I need a tinted visor because the lights are an issue for me after that hit I took to the head, someone has got to be thinking bigger than we need to win this game tonight. And, this, and that obviously wasn't happening there. In this same matchup, like, there was a hit that Gardner Minshew took last week where when he got up, it's happening. He folded, he folded to the oh ground. Oh, my like, God, that's right. Like, so I don't know. Like, I think it just seems like I will uh, I get you on on where Tomlin should have been four days later. But like uh, during the game, but that's, that's not on Tomlin. the NFL. That's right. on that's on the spotter. That's on the whole system, which it really feels like has taken a step back for the first time in, since we've covered it. Yeah. I mean, the, the Steelers in general are just completely self-sabotaging at this point with the back to back losses against really bad teams. And. I know traditionally, even when Big Ben played there, that was always their thing. They would lose to bad teams after like beating up really good teams. And now they're in this race where they can't afford to lose because they're racing for the wild card. Pittsburgh, Houston, the Colts, they're all in it together, which makes it kind of a fun game here. Yeah, I think the the Colts are the type of team that they're always going to play close games. So I, part of me wants to totally write off the the Steelers because mm-hmm. that's as bad a, a five day stretch as you're going to see in terms of a team like telling on itself and saying, Oh, we're not for real. Like you had your suspicions and then we, we prove proven all those, but like it's the Colts. Like, so there is definitely a scenario right. yeah. where they win a game by three points here and they win a 21, 18 game and they're eight and six and in good position for the playoffs. Just that's just the state of the seven and six mayhem. <laughs> it is. It's chaos. We still don't have to take him seriously, though. No, I mean, neither of these yeah. teams. I, I can. I, it's weird. Minshew like played. I thought okay last week for once, and they scored one touchdown. And usually he plays terrible, and they score like thirty points. The team makes no sense. What was the name? Of, <laughs> what was the name of the girl? 
Mary Claire. Saint. It's factual, so you should know, but it yeah. was... Uh, My Saint memory's Claire, foggy. Something Saint Clair? Rachel Haynes St. Clair. Rachel Hain. From the Sinclair family. From the So was that a... Yeah. Rachel Hain was one of those two namers, or that's her middle name? That's the Haynes, like the, the fortune, right? Yes, like so those two fortunes combined, Haines. the St. Clair fortune really? and the Haynes. And you were like... I don't, you'd, Long yeah. time since then, I guess it just got foggy. <laughs> yeah, you weren't me. into the money part of it. <laughs> yeah, you, no, that wasn't feelings. important to me. Um, all right, finally, Connie, mm-hmm. give us a little uh, Detroit... Denver breakdown. The Ooh. prime time game of the triple header. Where are you going to be? I will be there. I oh, will be yeah. in Detroit. Mm. I've never been. I've never been to Ford Field. I'm actually very excited about it. Nice. But for many different reasons, including that Sean Payton is visiting his old pal, Dan Campbell. Mm. And if you guys missed this, it's a nice little primer for this game. This is what Dan Campbell had to say about Payton visiting him. It means we better be on our stuff because he's going to come here to try to embarrass us. That's what it means. And uh, and so that's our motivation. That's my motivation. And it's about winning, man. All we got to do is find a way to win. And yes. uh, we're going to have to be at our best. And we will be at our best. We didn't do that, by Let's the way. Let's go. That was just naturally underneath that can whatever he speaks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just like when he orders his the coffee, ba- the band it starts shows playing up. He has all like the a, time. a speaker that was implanted in his biceps <laughs> that just rips that song out. Yeah. So uh, two teams with the longest playoff droughts. And when was oh, the last wow. time that the Lions have been this good this late in the season? I think it's been since the 60s. So Or that, last week. But yes, right. I mean, before this season. I'll, I'll sure, raise my sure, hand sure, and sure. say the New York Jets have had a longer playoff drought. Well, two, yeah. uh, two of the longest. Two. Yeah. I mean, they're up there. Um, <laughs> it's been a very long time. Yes. So I, I just am excited to see Ford Field filled with a ton of excited Lions fans for this oh, team. Oh, it's going to be a great team. This game matters so much for both of these teams. The Broncos are one game back from the Chiefs. They actually have a shot. There is a path for them to win the division. They're obviously in the wild card race, too. And then the Lions are just kind of going through it right now. This is the time of year that you want to be playing your best football, and they've lost two of three, including that huge division game to the Bears. So it's just I like the student-teacher connection. Sean Payton and Dan Campbell, they go back so many years. Payton was the Giants quarterback's coach and then the offensive coordinator when Dan Campbell was drafted by the Giants. Campbell, if you guys didn't know, third round Keep vamping. The clock hasn't started running yet. Oh, my God. That's okay. Start the clock. <laughs> I like Someone it. else go. No, keep going. I want to hear more about that. The lineage. You were, you were on a Pretty run. They were together okay. in New finish. Orleans, yeah, certainly. Yes, they were together in New Orleans. Although, Stretch. Dan, I can vamp. You need me to vamp? No problem. Vamping for two and a half hours on Thursday in the pregame yeah, show. Take us home. So, uh, Dan Campbell, he did. He was on that Saints team, but he was hurt, I believe, in training camp. However, Sean Payton made sure that he got a ring. They were together in Dallas mm-hmm. and then, obviously, together in uh, New York with the Giants. But he was a third-round pick in 1999. And they've been friends ever since, and now they're frenemies. Oh, and like he, he learned how to coach from him too. You know, being being on that staff, and I I think he's such a good coach. I love the way he put it on Monday about his players. He said, "I feel good. I think it's a positive because so many of our best players let us down on Sunday, which is just like such an interesting way a to challenge. put it. Like yeah. he said, like it was the players that always show up, our toughest, best players who didn't show up for him. So who's he talking about?" Aiden Hutchinson thought had a really poor game, a couple big mental mistakes, gave up big plays. Jared Goff, 34th out of 34 quarterbacks over the last four weeks, according to PFF, one of the worst against Whoa. the Blitz. 
uh, in the NFL, third worst against a blitz, according to PFF, and Denver does a ton of blitzing, and their offensive line stunk, and that's kind of what they are known for. Frank Ragnow and Taylor Decker, who were both banged up, missing Ragnow, who's their center, was a big deal for them, and they're both back at practice. So uh, I think it's a good matchup for Denver. I'm surprised they're such a big underdog, but this would be a spot you'd love to see the Lions respond. Yeah, two ways this goes, right? The the Lions either crater now, and we've begun to see them go down, and then they're going to end up kind of blowing their season here. Or, like a lot of teams, there's peaks and there's valleys, and maybe a primetime game is a chance to kind of get right and, and flush the last few weeks of frustrations. I'm leaning closer to that because I don't think they just became a bad team overnight. I think they're in a slump. But if they do, if they don't get out of it now, then you get really concerned that, you know, this team is on the wrong track. I like that they don't play a game outside the rest of the year. I think that this this is good for them. Um, but they they aren't a bad team, and I love their coaching. And uh, I I think some of it's correctable. But since like week ten, it's legitimately been like a terrible defense. I mean, it's shown. And like they they are thirtieth in points per game allowed. Um, 30th on opposing passer rating, 29th on opposing third down, 28th in sacks, 30th in turnover differential. And golf's been up and down after being so so clean for so long, a season plus back. And the, you're dealing with a Denver defense that might be the difference maker here because they're allowing less than 16 points a game since week seven, and they've been creating turnovers left and right. And Goff has, I think, what, six turnovers? And like, like right. He's been a turnover. My yeah. hope is so. like it was it was against division opponents who maybe know him well, but, man, he, he struggled. And it's a nice matchup because the – Lions give up a lot of deep passes, and that's what Russell and, and Sutton are so good at. That's right. Good work. That's going to be a fun pregame show and halftime and postgame. Mike Garofolo will be up there on the oh. desk with us. Mm. Maurice Jones-Drew, Michael Robinson. Good good group. Yeah. You and uh, Mike G got that good chemistry, too. It's like he's my brother. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Italian. It's exactly. There you go again. Uh-huh. Um, Colleen, you've said it all. Thank you. Um, anything else you want to plug? Um, <laughs> panic, <laughs> panic. <laughs> you could just say no. Nah, I think that's it. Good. Really, check yeah. out Colleen on NFL Network Thursday and Saturday. And oh, you uh, know what? I do what? have something. Oh, go ahead. Guess what? I um maybe I I think I'm gonna be flying with the Thunderbirds. Uh, who are the like basically the Blue Angels equivalent of the Air Force? Whoa! Um, what are you I, mean flying with them? I'm gonna go up in a fighter jet. Oh, Colleen! Um, you say and that. I have to wear, and I have to wear a G suit because like you have you Connie. have a bunch of G's, and I'm so excited about it. I for NFL Network on behalf, of it'll that. be like Super Bowl related. So I'm gonna go up with one of the pilots that does. You're going the in fly, a fighter jet, flyover. Uh huh. I'm I got nervous. medically cleared yesterday. Let's go! Whoa. <laughs> That is that wild. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Can you see if Greg can go too? Maybe, yeah. Would you go? I would go. I'm like really worried I mean, I'm going to pass out or throw up. Me, yeah, do you not eat for a while beforehand? I don't know. Is I need to find rules? out. If anyone has any tips about flying in a fighter jet. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be <laughs> Let me know. kind of a niche, a part of the audience, but there's got to be somebody out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's they, awesome. They used to love on the network showing this clip of Terrell Davis completely passing out when they did something yes, similar. That is a great one. And mm -hmm. he just was out Don't cold. Do Don't no. do that. So what do I need to do to prepare myself? Somebody out there. There's got to be somebody, a listener out there that is experienced in the fighter jet. Let Colleen, what she needs to know, not to pass out. And then become, you know, a clip they use 700 times on this network. Don't have, like, right. a burrito, yeah. like, right before. Oh I feel like it's a good move. That's a good one. Her DMs are open. Feel free to <laughs> chime right. in with anything you have. Let me know. Yeah. All right. We will be back uh, tomorrow, Thursday, with our triple header. Uh, week 15 preview in bulk. NFL plus Dreamatorium. Thursday night football recap. Oh, it's all coming. 
It's all coming. Excited. Till then, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.